You know, I have been doing this talk show for 25 years here in Springfield, and I thought I'd seen it all. And then this week, the weirdest thing came through my email. A press release touting good fiscal news for the state of Illinois. That doesn't happen. But apparently it did, as we have finally brought our bill backlog down to a manageable level for the first time in approximately forever. To explain more about what it means and how or if we can keep this good news going, it is always a pleasure to welcome our next guest, Controller Susanna Mendoza, live with us this afternoon. Thanks so much for taking the time. Great to talk to you. Oh, great to talk to you, too, Jim. It's nice to hear your voice, and uh, especially when we have good news to talk about, right? How fun is that? We, we do have good news, but before we get into the, the hows and whys of this, I want to put this in some perspective here, because the news is that the bill backlog, at one point well in excess of $16 billion, a staggering number, is now mm-hmm. down to $3.5 billion. Enormous progress, but still... Three and a half billion dollars is still a lot of money. So why are we celebrating still owing three and a half billion dollars in unpaid bills? Sure, that's a great question. Well, um, number one, the most important thing that uh, is, I would say the most important thing out of that number is that even though we still have three and a half billion dollars of a a backlog, that's really money that is related to um, interfund transfers, other state agencies. Um, It's not money that we need right now to pay vendors. And since I took office in the middle of that budget impasse that lasted 736 days under the prior governor, Governor Rauner, you remember that the bill backlog was brought up to just an ungodly, a horrible number, the worst in the nation of $16.7 billion. And, And I made it my my mission, right, to tackle that bill backlog at the time. We did some really important um, things, like I advocated very strongly. I toured the entire state talking about why we needed to do a bond deal. Um, and the reason that, that we did that, of course, you might remember, Jim, is because we put $6 billion out in a bond deal that Governor Rauner fought me tooth and nail to do, but we finally uh, forced him into doing it. And as a result of that bond deal, we were able to pay down uh, billions of dollars of that $16.7 billion bill backlog that we were paying 12% interest a year on. And we essentially refinanced that debt at three and a quarter percent. And that over the next 12 years of that deal was going to save taxpayers between four and $6 billion in late payment interest penalties that we would have been on the hook for. So that was a tremendous deal that, that we forced through back then um, that I did under my uh, tenure. And I'm very proud of that. And so fast forward since then, every time we have any revenue that, um, you know, is doing better than expected, and we've had some peaks, you know, in the month of April is always a good month for us uh, because that's tax season. Uh, we, instead of, of keeping that money in there and having it be spent on something else, new programs or things of that sort, I have targeted every one of those dollars for the most part towards paying down that bill backlog, which, again, is it, it's so terrible for businesses who – provided services to Illinois, yet had essentially become unwilling lenders to the state when they weren't being paid in a timely fashion. So, you know, again, we've we've focused everything. The most important thing, again, about that $3.5 billion is it's not related to vendors. Uh, my oldest voucher right now that's owed to a commercial vendor is um, only as old as April 26th. That's unheard of uh, in many years in Illinois. Uh, we're under a 30-day business uh, payment cycle. And um, the other bills that I'm still managing are 
essentially funds that exist in state government, uh, of which not all of them are always used at this exact moment. So it's really just the cost of doing business for us on a daily basis. And, and it's a tremendous achievement, I would say, in a pretty short amount of time, but it's come as a result of really diligent, focused um, cash management um, in very difficult times. So I'm, I'm proud of it. My staff is amazing, and, and I would say that we don't always get to celebrate good news, but this is a good start. We're still not out of the woods. There's still a lot more work to do. I would, of course, like to get to a point where we don't have $3.5 billion that needs to be managed uh, within state funds um, and state agencies, but we're certainly way better off than we were just a few short years ago. You know, one, I think, really important point about this is, as you noted, we're now able to turn around payments to vendors. These are private businesses around the state, the lifeblood of our economy, and they were sometimes having to wait months on end. You can just imagine if you were taking months to pay your personal bills at home, how cranky uh, the people that you owe that money to would get with you. But there wasn't much Mm -hmm. of anything they could do. On average, at the height of the backlog, how long were vendors waiting to get paid jim we've had vendors wait almost two years to get paid crazy um when i came in for example nursing homes and hospice care facilities those are the folks that treat the most vulnerable people in illinois had not been paid but in about six to nine months depending on who they were at the same time we had high-priced uh, consultants that were being expedited in their payment cycles it was just morally uh, corrupt, honestly, and that's how I felt about it. So we shifted the um, the moral compass in that office, and we said, "Hey, we've got to take care of our most vulnerable, especially during difficult times." And there's a way to do this, and and you know we can employ fiscal tools to try to get us to a position where we have some cash so that we can get um, the economy going and, and help these businesses stay afloat. And you see that, like over the last year or two, I've been especially uh, we've been targeting and, and, and even I'm going to say in the middle of the global pandemic, Illinois just went from a negative outlook on our credit rating to stable. And so, um, you know, it's just like I said, it's a lot of fiscal discipline, uh, talking all the time about how we need to prioritize paying down our debt um, that we, you know, we can't just spend as if mom and dad sent us a, a check for our birthday. You know, we have to be fiscally disciplined. And, and I would say that We've paid down this bill backlog, and that's notwithstanding the fact that we have yet to receive the federal stimulus money. So we still have another $3.75 billion that we're going to put towards the borrowing that we had to do during the pandemic. Um, besides this 3 and a half that we're talking about, there's still about $3.5 billion that needs to be paid back. But that's what that $3.75 billion from the Federal CARES Act is going to – I mean, the federal stimulus is going to help us. Uh, pay down. And that's the responsible approach. Great news is, if you're a vendor doing business with the state of Illinois, no longer are you waiting six months to get paid. Right now, you're not even waiting six days. So I'm very, very uh, happy to report this good news. I don't want to throw any cold water on this party, but you are right now this month benefiting from uh, income tax payments. People who have to, you know, pay what they owe on their taxes, that revenue's coming in, even though the deadline was extended until May. So we'll see some more of those checks coming in in May. When we hit, Mm -hmm. though, June and July and those checks are not flowing into the state coffers anymore, are we going to be able to maintain this uh, this 30 day payment cycle and maintain the bill backlog uh, or, or even bring it down anymore? So I think we're going to be in in maintenance mode. I mean, we don't have a a ton of new revenue coming in, right? This is always going to be our best month of the year. And because um, 
We did extend it to May. We're not seeing all of the revenues that would normally come in in April. Uh, we're going to see a little bit of that trickle in in the month of May, but it's still within this fiscal year. So I'd say, you know, this month and May should be relatively good months for us. And then it's going to get down to, you know, bunker down and our, our debt and cash management becomes ever more important. So I'd say this is likely going to be as good as it gets for a little while. Um, but like, for example, yesterday we had a 3.4, $3.5 billion backlog. Today it's 3.4. We paid another $100 million down. And so as we're getting these dollars, we're, we're trying to make the best possible use of them. What I've done besides that, um, Remember, I mentioned the $6 billion bond deal. The important thing is that that $6 billion became almost $9 billion because I targeted in a way where we, we prioritized paying down bills that um, also received a federal match. And I've been doing that a lot lately with the, with the money that we borrowed from the federal government. We borrowed um, $1.2 in the beginning and then another 2 but the majority of those dollars went towards federal matches. So for every dollar that I spent on a Medicaid bill, for example, I'd get 56 cents back from the government. So that last borrowing that we did of $2 billion turned into $3.5 billion, but it only cost us that $2 billion plus interest that won't be too expensive because we're paying those bills back, those borrowing um, that we did, we're paying that back right away as soon as we get the, the federal stimulus. So, you know, I've tried to make um, use of the best fiscal tools that we can at the appropriate time and then stretch the value of the money that we're borrowing as much as humanly possible. And, and that's how we got to where we are today. But to your point, it's, you know, we're not out of the woods yet, but this is certainly a much better development than I think anybody would have anticipated a few years ago. Comptroller Susana Mendoza is here with us. And before we let you go, I wanted to ask you a couple of questions on a couple of other topics. Last time we talked, uh, we discussed the uh, court ruling in favor of a couple of former state lawmakers who had sued to get back pay after they had voted for measures that restricted some of that pay. You vowed to appeal that ruling. What's the status of that? Has that appeal been filed? Do we know yet when it's going to be heard? So, uh, you know, these are always long, drawn-out processes, but the Attorney General right now is in the process, my understanding, of reviewing exactly how the appeal is going to be filed. You know, it's not something you just do the next day. So we're trying to make the best case for for why our appeal will hopefully be successful. But um, but we will be appealing for sure. And I was very happy until you reminded me of those shameless scripters, and now I'm upset again. But uh, we will continue to, on behalf of taxpayers, um, fight, you know, this this lawsuit, which is just so embarrassing in so many ways. And it's, again, another reason why people hate us and they don't trust us. So well, I'm, I'm trying to combat that, but, you know. And I know this sticks. In, I know it sticks in your craw, but but the reality is the Constitution says you're not supposed to reduce an elected official's pay during their term to avoid any number of different shenanigans. And while I get these guys were just playing political games and voting for it so they could say, "Hey, look at us, we voted for this," and then after the fact go back and try to reclaim their money legally, don't they have a point? You're not supposed to do this, no matter how politically beneficial it might be in the moment. Well, we've got legal arguments that would argue that we don't feel it was unconstitutional for the legislature to take those votes. And um, and at the end of the day, uh, you're, you're right. I think what really gets under my skin here is that not only were these two individuals that we're discussing here, which is um, former Senator Michael Nolan, who is now a sitting judge in King County, which really just blows my mind, um, but also former Senator uh, um, Jim Claiborne, both of them weren't just senators. They were lawyers. They knew exactly what they were doing. The constitutionality argument had been well debated 
uh, and the legislature felt that it stood constitutional muster and voted to not take those pay raises. So the fact that you have these two lawyer senators that are pretending they're somehow, um, you know, uh, didn't realize that what they were doing was unconstitutional and now claim that it was unconstitutional is, again, another reason why nobody trusts us and um, and people feel the way they do about politicians here in Illinois. One last question. Uh, You uh, pushed legislation to end what you called the exit bonus, a loophole in the law that allowed a state lawmaker who worked uh, no more than maybe one day in a month to get a full month's pay for that work. And people were using it uh, as they uh, figured out when to make their exits after being indicted or something uh, to Mm -hmm. uh, maximize their cash payouts. Uh, Where does that legislation stand? Oh, so the good news is that our legislation has been folded into the um, the larger ethics uh, bill that is being debated right now in the uh, House and Senate, and it just passed out of committee in the Senate. So it is moving. It is moving uh, pretty quickly. So we're very excited about that. Um, the, the legislature, both Democrats and Republicans, liked it so much that they're including it in the bigger bill which I do believe is going to pass this session. So we're, we're very happy to see that move forward. Comptroller Susana Mendoza, it is always a pleasure. Thanks for your time. We look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks for having me.